chapter six part one of the curious lore of precious stones this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the curious lore of precious stones by george frederick Guns. chapter six on crystal balls and crystal gazing we have evidence of the use of crystal balls as means of divination in medieval times and scrying in some of its many forms was by no means rare in the greek and roman periods the essential requisite for the exercise of this species of divination is a polished surface of some sort upon which the scryer shall gaze intently for this purpose mirrors globules of lead or quicksilver polished steel the surface of water and even pools of ink have been employed and have been found to ensure quite as satisfactory results as the crystal ball the points of light reflected from the polished surface points de repere serve to attract the attention of the gazer and to fix the eye until gradually the optic nerve becomes so fatigued that it finally ceases to transmit to the sensorium the impression made from without and begins to respond to the reflex action proceeding from the brain of the gazer in this way the impression received from within is apparently projected and seems to come from without it is easy to understand that the results must vary according to the idiosyncrasy of the various scryers for everything depends upon the sensitiveness of the optic nerve in many cases the effect of prolonged gazing upon the brilliant surface will simply produce a loss of sight the optic nerve will be temporarily paralyzed and will as little respond to stimulation from within as from without in other cases however the nerve will be only deadened as regards external impressions while retaining sufficient activity to react against a stimulus from the brain centres it is almost invariably stated that prior to the appearance of the desired visions the crystal seems to disappear and a mist rises before the gazer's eye the achaeans as pausanias relates frequently used a mirror to divine diseases or to learn whether there was danger of sudden death of the temple of demeter or Circe at patras he writes in front of the temple of demeter there is a well a stone wall separates this well from the temple but steps lead down to it from the outside here there is an infallible oracle although it does not answer all questions but only those touching diseases they attach a slender cord to a mirror and let it down into the well balancing it carefully so that the water does not cover the face but only touches the rim then after making a prayer to the goddess and burning incense to her they look into the mirror and it shows whether the sick person will die or recover such is the power of truth in this water this sacred well with its oracle of the magic mirror must have been in lucian's mind when in his description of the palace of the moon king he says another wonderful thing i saw in the palace suspended over a rather shallow well there is a large mirror and any one who goes down into this well will hear every word that is spoken on earth while if he gazes on the mirror 
he will see there every city and every nation just as clearly as though he were looking down upon them from a slight elevation at the time i was there i saw my native country and its inhabitants whether i myself was seen by them in turn i am not sure lucian adds with a fine touch of irony any one who doubts this assertion needs only to go there himself and he will find out that i speak the truth as no one has yet made a trip to the moon the assertion is still uncontradicted in their religious legends the ancient mexicans taught that their god tezcatlipuco had a magic mirror in which he saw everything that happened in the world he was sometimes named nicosiad sower of discord because he often stirred up war and strife among men but he was also lord of riches and prosperity which he bestowed and took away again at his will to the influence of this divinity were attributed many omens and certain strange visions announced by repeated knockings in the orphic poem lithica a magic sphere of stone is described the substance is called sideritis or ophitis and is said to be black round and heavy possibly some metal rather than a stone is designated by these names helenus the trojan soothsayer is said to have used this sphere to foretell the downfall of his native city he fasted for twenty-one days and then wrapped the sphere in soft garments like an infant and offered sacrifices to it until by the magic of his prayers a living soul warmed the precious substance a strange variety of divination by means of mirrors placed on the heads of boys who with eyes blindfolded were supposed to perceive forms or signs of some description in the mirrors is noted by spartianus in his life of the emperor didius julianus approximately one thirty three to one ninety three this ruler is said to have resorted to this form of divination and the boy entrusted with the task is asserted to have announced the approaching accession of septimius Severus, one forty six to two eleven and the dethronement of didius julianus an indication that the usage of divination by means of a silver cup existed among the primitive hebrews has been found in the story of joseph and his brethren in genesis forty four one to five we read that joseph concealed a silver cup in the sack of grain borne away by benjamin making of this a pretext for requiring the return of his brethren he sent messengers to overtake them and directed them to demand the return of the cup using these words is not this it in which my lord drinketh and whereby indeed he divineth the arabic author holly abu Ghaffar tells of a golden ball used by the magi followers of zoroaster in their incantations it was encrusted with celestial symbols and set with a sapphire and one of these magicians after attaching it to a strip of bullhide swung it around reciting at the same time various spells and incantations probably the magician by fixing his gaze upon the brilliant revolving sphere gradually fell into a hypnotic trance during which visions appeared to him these he could afterward interpret to those who had sought his aid to read the future or to obtain information regarding things that were happening far away an important side on the beliefs of western europe 
in the fifth century regarding crystal gazing is afforded by one of the canons of the synod held about four fifty a d by st patrick and the bishops auxilius and isernanus here it is decreed that any christian who believes there is a lamia or witch in the mirror is to be anathematized and is not to be again received into the church unless he shall have renounced this belief and shall have diligently performed the penance imposed upon him in this case as in many others the vision in the crystal or mirror did not represent some former or contemporaneous happening but the figure of an evil spirit who either by signs or words imparted to the scryer the information he was seeking the power to see images of evil spirits on the surface of water was claimed by those called hydromanti in the ninth century this is attested in the work composed about eight sixty a d by hincmar archbishop of rheims who characterizes the supposed appearances as images or deceptions of the demons these diviners asserted that they received audible communications from the spirits and they therefore evidently believed that the appearances were realities although as we have seen many different materials were used for scrying the preference was often given to polished spheres of beryl in modern times however the rock crystal is considered the best adapted for the purpose in this introduction to crystal gazing by n w thomas andrew lang writes of what he terms hypnagogic illusions images which appear when the eyes are closed and before sleep supervenes when faces appeared to him in this way they were always unfamiliar ones with the single exception of having once seen his own face in profile the same was almost invariably true of landscape and inanimate objects these forms seem to grow out of the bright points of light which frequently appear when the eyes are closed and lang suggests a similar origin for the visions of the scryers namely the development of the images from dark or light points in the glass in regard to this we have an interesting passage in the works of ibn khaldun a persian writer born in thirteen thirty two who gives the following very acute analysis of the phenomena accompanying crystal gazing some believe that the image perceived in this way takes form on the surface of the mirror but they are mistaken the diviner looks at this surface fixedly until it disappears and a curtain like a mist is interposed between him and the mirror upon this curtain are designed the forms he wishes to see and this permits him to give indications either affirmative or negative concerning the matter on which he is questioned he then describes his perceptions as he has received them the diviners while in this state do not see what is really to be seen in the mirror it is another kind of perception which is born in them and which is realized not by sight but by the soul as to the character and quality of the crystal to be used abbot tretheim the master of the famous cornelius agrippa says procure of a lapidary a good clear pellucid crystal of the bigness of a small orange for example about one inch and a half in diameter let it be globular or round each way alike 
then you have got this crystal fair and clear without any clouds or specks get a small plate of pure gold to encompass the crystal round one half let this be fitted on an ivory or ebony pedestal let there be engraved a circle round the crystal afterwards the name tetragrammaton on the other side of the plate let there be engraved michael gabriel uriel raphael which are the four principal angels ruling over the sun moon venus and mercury the four letters constituting the tetragrammaton are the hebrew characters yod he wa and he as this divine name was regarded in later judaism as too sacred to be pronounced the word lord adonai was substituted for it in the reading of the scriptures for this reason when the vowel signs were added to the text to indicate the traditional pronunciation the consonants yahweh were provided with the vowels of adonai adonai and the name was therefore read jehovah by christian scholars the persian poet ayami writes of a magic mirror in the poem solomon and absal then from his secret art the sage vizir a magic mirror made a mirror like the bosom of all wise intelligence reflecting in its mystic compass all within the sevenfold volume of the world involved and looking in that mirror's face the shah beheld the face of his desire roger bacon twelve fourteen to twelve ninety two was probably the most gifted man of the thirteenth century and his writings testify to an extraordinarily clear perception of the essential principles of scientific research however his true greatness was not generally appreciated in his own age and popular fancy wove about his name a fabric of legend in which he appeared as an arch necromancer and magician the curious old work entitled the famous history of friar bacon gives a number of the strange recitals which became current in england in regard to bacon's wonderful powers one of these treats of a marvellous glass made by the friar in which events happening at far distant places were mirrored on one occasion two young men between whom the friendliest feelings existed came to bacon and requested him to let them see in the mirror what their fathers were doing at the time the friar consented but the experiment while successful was the cause of a terrible misfortune the story is as follows the fathers of these two gentlemen in their son's absence were become great foes this hatred between them was grow to that height that wheresoever they met they had not onely words but blows just at that time as it should seem that their sons were looking to see how they were in hell they were met and had drawn and were together by the ears their sons seeing this and having been always great friends knew not what to say to one another but beheld each other with angry looks at last one of their fathers as they might perceive in the glass had a fall and the other taking advantage stood over him ready to strike him the son of him that was down could then contain himself no longer but told the other young man that his father had received wrong he answered again that it was fair at last there grew such foul words between them and their bloods were so heated that they presently stabbed the one and the other with their daggers and so fell down dead 
the sceptre of the scottish regalia is surmounted by a crystal globe two inches and a quarter in diameter and the mace by a large crystal barrel in former times these stones were regarded as amulets and their use was traced back to the druids sir walter scott tells us that in his time they were still known among the scottish highlanders as stones of power the testimony of john of salisbury eleven twenty to eleven eighty shows that in the twelfth century in england divination by means of the arts of the speculare was often practised the prelate writes that when a boy he himself and a companion a few years older received instruction from a priest who was addicted to the use of these magic arts this priest used to polish the finger-nails of the boys with a consecrated oil or ointment and then direct them to look upon the polished surface until some figure or form should appear sometimes the smooth polished surface of a basin was used john of salisbury regarded it as a mark of divine favor that he himself saw nothing upon the smooth and lustrous surface but he states that his companion observed certain vague and shadowy forms certain names pronounced by the priest on these occasions terrified the boy for he believed them to be the names of evil spirits indeed such was his reluctance to participate in the unholy rites that his presence was believed to interfere with the production of the phenomena in another part of his holocraticus john of salisbury states that the speculari claimed that their gift of seeing visions on polished surfaces was never used to injure any one but was often used in the detection of theft and in counteracting magic spells under the comprehensive chapter heading how to conjure the crystal so that all things may be seen in it paracelsus fourteen ninety three to fifteen forty one declares that to conjure means nothing more than to observe anything rightly to learn and to understand what it is the crystal was of the nature of the air and hence all things movable and immovable that could be seen in the air could also be seen in the crystal or speculum paracelsus showed keen insight and his conclusions are excellent one might add however that it is a fact that these are images condensed in the double convex lens forming as it were an internal crystal sphere these images are reversed distorted and twisted and when they become visible to one who is expecting strange things they form mental impressions which it is often very difficult to erase many crystal gazers are frequently highly wrought nervous and susceptible and other influences uniting with the impressions produced may give the brain for a time the power to evolve kaleidoscopic effects directions for the use of an erdenspiegel or earth mirror are given in an old german manuscript written in sixteen fifty eight by a capuchin priest the mirror is to be set about two inches above a board and the questions to be answered are to be placed beneath it the scryer is recommended to place three grains of salt upon his tongue whereupon he is to repeat a prayer and cross himself he now takes the mirror in his hand and breathes upon it three times repeating the words in the name of the father of the son and of the holy spirit amen these preliminaries having been accomplished the following prayer or rather invocation is repeated o thou holy archangel in in 
i pray to thee most fervently through the great and unsearchable name of the lord of all lords and king of all kings hod he vow he tetragrammaton adonai shaddai receive my greeting and give ear to the humble petition which i offer in the name of the great and highest god elohim zebaoth and thou shalt appear to me in the world mirror and give me knowledge and instruction in answer to my questions the strong religious tone of these directions for the use of the mirror and the fact that it is a priest who gives them shows that there was a disposition to tolerate the employment of such white magic End of chapter 6, part 1